Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the WTF1 podcast. I just saw the Tommy Wave live yeah, from we're together. this room. It's very exciting. We, of course, have been at uh, the Dutch Grand Prix, so we are together to do this podcast. Katie, unfortunately, still with her orange pillows uh, back at home. Uh, Tommy, the WTF1 founder, of course, have to have to mention that, especially when we're in person. Otherwise, I'm in big doo-doo. Yeah. Um, how are you? I'm good. I very much enjoyed the Dutch Grand Prix. We were obviously there. I'm sure people will have seen. Um, and yeah, I think it was a lot more enjoyable to be there from the sound of it, but we'll get into that. Yes. And Katie, you were, of course, watching it from home. What's your thoughts? Yeah, I was um, pleasantly surprised. I mean, the atmosphere looked amazing. Like, obviously, I saw your photos and stuff like that, but also watching it on telly, it looked insane. It's a shame the on-track action didn't quite level up to the off-track um, things that were going on, but still, nonetheless, an okay race. I think you mentioned it on IBR. Like, we've had so many good races this year that naturally anyone that wasn't, like, amazing is going to stand out yeah. as being a little bit, not boring, but yeah. I think we're going to rely a lot on Katie in this podcast because obviously me and Matt were there and if you've ever been to a Grand Prix, you'll probably know you don't really absorb the race line. We've been very busy with video, so we're going to rely on you a lot, I feel. Oh, we're no, we still know what we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, we know what we're talking about. We, from we, may have, we may just we miss, in the stands. miss a crofty thing or whatever. Yeah. But um, yeah, I feel like we got a reasonable yeah, idea yeah. of what, what happened in the race. Hopefully, yourself. That's, that's why we're here. Anyway, let's dive into <laughs> some three-word race podcast, reviews. If not. <laughs> yeah, it will. Uh, let's get into some three-word race reviews then. Um, at jranan13, super max max. Uh, at fr underscore ml1 underscore simply simply lovely. It's, uh, it's the three-word race reviews of repeating uh, this week. At And also at vince underscore dehita, abort fastest lap. So a lot about Max shock. Um, and of course, the Bottas incident, which I'm sure we'll dive into. Uh, we actually enjoyed that Super Max Max in person, didn't we, we did. Tommy? Not to rub it in, Katie, sorry. Sorry. Yeah, we'll get, <laughs> we we'll you get a bit over first with my three-head race view, I guess. Go on. Go on, then. Ooh, Shall I go ooh, for it? See the show Shall I go for it? Yeah. Okay, we're looking right. together. Oh, I'm off. Right. Tommy's, Tommy's leading. I need you here because, okay. you know, mine is... What an atmosphere. Um, because atmosphere. atmosphere. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, you would have seen the Instagram post. I mean, I've been to a lot of Grand Prix. I've been to some incredible Grand Prix, uh, amazing tracks and stuff. But for me, I've never seen that kind of atmosphere at a Grand Prix. It felt, I think you said it when we were there, it felt like the world cup or something you because <laughs> when we when we drove into the circuit there were fans there um like walking to the track and people on orange bicycles with like checkered flags on there were, people had checkered flags outside their house people had sprayed like max Verstappen on the side of their houses and stuff i've never seen anything like that where even when you're half an hour away from the track you know there's a grand prix on um, it's quite rare in that in that sense, you know. Obviously, when you get there, you know there's the Grand Prix, but I've never seen like such a whole country be so excited for it. And then obviously, you know, it's the perfect storm really of Max being on it this year and able to to win. It's the first Dutch Grand Prix in 36 years. The you know the fans. I love how you know that fact off by heart. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the, fa fan the fans. The fans. Uh, 
uh, are back and yeah, it's absolutely incredible. I mean, the, the Dutch fans were ridiculous. We were in the, the main grandstand, weren't we? And there was a, a funny song that apparently is a traditional Dutch football song, which is It's Quiet on the Other Side, I think it is. Yeah, something like that. Something yeah. along those lines. Sorry if I got that wrong. Um, but basically in football, you like go back and forth, try and get the other people to sing. So people were singing that to try and get F1 Paddock Club that was opposite us to try and make some noise. And they were, and then F1 Paddock Club were like cheering and banging on the boards of the pit straight to try and make <laughs> some noise. Never, ever seen anything like it at Grand Prix. It was so know, cool. Especially people in Paddock Club. You know, yeah, you that's know, what I mean. The, yeah. Everyone, yeah, everyone was getting involved. It was just epic. It was so good. Yeah, the atmosphere was was unbelievable. Um, of course, during the race, I'm not going to lie, you know, it did obviously become quite flat because it's not like a football game where you have consistent highs and lows, you know, and people threw on goal. Of course, we didn't exactly have the biggest amount of, uh, you know, on-track action in terms of, you know, fight for the lead and whatnot. But uh, the, the before and the after was just ridiculous. It was like a festival with some racing, you know, somewhere in between so it was yeah it was it was so awesome and you know it brings a smile to my face just thinking about you know all these fans so passionate of course a lot of them uh, to do with max passionate of course you know wearing the t-shirt as well there you go there's very a little good. plug a little plug, uh, yeah. Yeah. very passionate oh very passionate and of course yeah i mean you, you mentioned the fans you blew and got a fan to give you one of the capes didn't you you, you know oh i really want a max cape yeah shout out guy to that legendary guy but... instead of purchasing it you said here's a twitter coupon for uh <laughs> you, you were like oh, what's your handle i'll do you a tweet i didn't say that i, I, I just said that afterwards because yeah, I, I, I was like oh, i want a cape and then he came to yeah, our little was, fan meetup and was like i got your cape i was like oh what <laughs> Best, best and fans, then you handed out a fans. verified Twitter coupon and said, "I will mention you in a tweet." <laughs> no, it was uh, no, it was very cool. Very it was cool. a very cool cape. If there was a Charles Leclerc uh, version of it, I would have definitely had one. It sounds like it was so much fun. Did you find that your clothes were like got orange powder on them from like the flares and stuff? Because there seemed to be so many of those going off. Well, I was wearing red, so it doesn't really oh, yeah. probably. Doesn't really um, yeah. Although I'm not sure it comes across in the video. It looks more orange in the video. But uh, yeah, not so be. much. If you're wearing, <laughs> like if you're wearing a white T-shirt, then I think yeah. you would have probably not come out uh, with that colour. But uh, yeah. <laughs> and, and to be fair, like the flares going off, I've been absolutely, I said it in, in Insect Special Reactions, I've been absolutely fuming if someone in front of me just ripped open a flare, you know, and then you just can't see anything. I felt really sorry for the people that were just right behind the flares because I'm not sure they would have been able to see anything. The grandstand as well was quite difficult for viewing as well. I, I, I think I because everyone was stood up for the first three laps, yeah. kind of like a football game. Yeah, it was like it's quite difficult you to could see barely the see the track. Yeah, like, you could see the car on the far side, but not the close cars, if you like. Um, Let's dive into a question. Uh, at slowly underscore dying 16 what a lovely name um, hope you're okay was it really a boring race or was the coverage too focused on the top three to accurately show the action further back well of course we're going to have to go to our correspondent on the ground Katie well actually no we're on the ground yeah you're, you're on the ground um, Katie <laughs> Fairman uh, from, from our perspective it was you know in the grandstands it didn't really feel like a great race uh, but I guess you, you lack that storytelling as you know Tommy mentioned, you know, you don't really get the, the feeling that you've even watched the race. Uh, was it interesting, Katie? It was interesting strategy-wise, but in terms of actual <laughs> Sorry, TV... I just had an echo. I, was, I thought I could turn you down slightly because I didn't want your uh, my microphone to come through my microphone and uh, ended up turning on the actual laptop audio, yeah, carrying on. Uh, anyway, <laughs> did, right. you, did, you, did you enjoy it? 
Yeah, I mean, I was as I was saying, like strategy wise, it was very interesting because things seemed to change as the race went on and different calls were made. But in terms of actual TV direction, we seem to have missed like loads of good overtakes. And seeing as there weren't very many overtakes, it was quite disappointing. Like towards the end of the race, um, Fernando Alonso managed to get past Carlos Sainz, which is an important move that just wasn't shown. Um, and apparently the lap before that, Alonso almost binned it at turn three, going up the banking thing that they've got going on there that also wasn't picked up. Um, but overall, it was it was OK. I mean, it's better than a non-race that we had literally last weekend. So, I mean, I'll take what I can. <laughs> yeah, you kind of alluded it to it in the very start that a race where admittedly Max, um, I wouldn't say dominate. Well, he did dominate, but in terms of like, there was a chance that Lewis could, you know, do the undercut. So there was a bit of the tension there. Fair few overtakes generally thought there might be, you know, like a Monaco situation where you literally couldn't pass, but there were a, a fair few. Mm. And it showed that even if you're on better tires, you could actually make the move. Um, even if it was tricky. Um, yeah, it's one of those, one of those things where, if that's a bad race in uh, 2021, 2021 is a very good season because, you know, I'm not going to sit here and pretend it was the best race in the world, but um, there was a lot, you know, you saw a fair few bit of, bit of passing more, more surprising than I expected. Um, but for me, I really started to notice it, particularly at the end of the race when, you know, it was so obvious mm. Perez was catching Norris and you're like, right, there's going to be an overtake here. You know, we were obviously in the stands. So we could see him flying down the main straight side by side. And you're looking up at the TV screen going, they're showing a replay of Mike Verstappen locking up. Um, it happened so many times. And it happened yeah. so many times. And we could see it and all the crowd were up and cheering because you could see two cars going side by side into turn one. And you're just looking at the, the monitor above you, like the, the big screen. And it's like, they're not showing. Yeah, everything felt this. like a replay, didn't it? Everything was like, a, even the, you know, the Perez Norris. Well, that was such yeah. a pivotal moment. And, it loses all the excitement yeah. when it's a replay rather oh, than Oh, it's already happened. Exactly. That's the whole point of yeah. live sport. We know the outcome of this better. already, but here's yeah, a replay. Exactly. Whereas this could, anything could happen right now. We, you know, we knew that there wasn't a yellow flag or a safety car or whatever from that particular incident. And it does take the, the fizz out of it. And yeah, it was, it was so weird how I don't, I don't understand what the problem was because they were literally showing irrelevant things. Like even, even like Hamilton trying to close in on Verstappen, like two and a half seconds back or something. And you're going, well, there's not going to be an overtake here at all. I know they obviously have to show the leaders, but at the same time, there are literal <laughs> battles going on. And turn one was great. Like the way that, you know, a lot of cars were able to swoop around the outside because of the way of the, ba uh, the banking was, 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 was brilliant. That but was a really exciting corner, actually. I don't because... feel like the, the track actually was given probably enough credit because of the way the broadcast sort of showed it yeah because because those overtakes the, it was actually the best way to go you know someone covers on the inside but actually the outside line is the quicker line to go through and you kind of sweep around the outside and it's quite cool to see that kind of overtake because we're used to a lot of drs passes on the main straight they're already done by the braking zone so it's actually quite nice to see those sort of passes but unfortunately a lot of them seem to have been missed out it did indeed. Uh, another question at F1 Margs. Do you think the changes to the 2022 cars are going to make for a more exciting Zandvoort race next year with possibly more overtakes? Well, Margs, I think hopefully every single racetrack is going to have the opportunity to have more overtakes. I, I'm, Zandvoort 
maybe one of the ones that maybe doesn't have as much of an impact because it's more around just the fact that it is a very narrow track. And even though the cars are changing and it's going to be easier to follow at the same time, as Katie's getting all sorts of messages and very popular indeed. Um, <laughs> I feel like Zandvoort maybe is the one that will always struggle because of the fact that it is very much single file, unless you have cars the size of little micro machines or something, you know, I don't think they're really going to be able to race through a lot of that part of the circuit you know the middle section is very much single file it's like a roller coaster and then turn one is your best opportunity i can't see it changing much no i think yeah i was gonna say you just can't help but stare at tommy it's fine um (laughs) yeah i uh i think hopefully the 2022 regulations will help but zanvor is a very narrow track as you referred to there um and we knew coming into this weekend um, with all series that were there with W series F3 the Porsche Super Cup that overtaking is going to be a challenge just because of the nature of the track um, there might be some changes next year there was talk of DRS being put in um, in at the final banking um, but that was sort of denied a few days before the race because the FIA just decided that it wasn't the right thing to do but hopefully now they've actually got some real life data and that kind of stuff uh, it might be that we have drs um in that final bit at the end of the track uh for next year which could help with overtaking as well but um yeah i i'm not expecting to come back next year and it be like a million overtakes or anything like that um people like sergio perez proved that it is possible to overtake um but then you've also got to consider that he is in arguably the fastest car on the grid that weekend and he's passing cars that are much much slower than him um and I mean he's known for being a bit of a legend starting from the pit lane and fighting his way up so I think we can't use Sergio Perez as an example of like well if Perez can do it then everyone should be doing it because that's just not the right comparison to make but overall um we're going to get some tracks on the calendar that maybe don't suit the cars for overtaking and stuff like that. I mean, mention it. Monaco is one of them. Um, we know going into Monaco that it's never going to be a massive overtaking fest, but um, there are other parts to the that you can sort of learn to love those bits and sort of maybe see yeah. past the overtaking thing. For me, it's like, it's, it's like another hungry really um, mm-hmm. where it feels like you could get something. I mean, I said it, at the start that um at the start of the race i was thinking the very same thing that it could be a dull race with not really much happening or it could be absolutely bonkers um and you know it only takes like a couple of safety cars i still can't believe the weekend how it panned out that we didn't get a single safety car after people going off on gravel on the track they were red flagging the session like every 10 minutes it, it felt like but it's one of those things where all that all that race would have taken is maybe a safety car and Max not knowing whether to pit for new tires or and the people behind him being on softer tires and you might have seen you know a bit bit more action. Or safety um, car when Bottas was leading. Yeah, on, exactly. On it can stop. it can change the whole yeah. game. I mean, mm. uh, Monza twenty twenty is a perfect example, and I'd even say as far as like Hungary as well. Like you didn't see loads of overtaking in those races, and it was really difficult to pass. That's what made the Alonso Hamilton battle yeah. so good. You you just need the pack shuffling a little bit from a safety car, which didn't happen. But for me, Zandvoort is going to be one of those races where, yeah, 
maybe next year it could be either boring again or absolute carnage. And then, you know, it's almost like a 50-50 chance of being processional or absolutely incredible because you, you as soon as you get like shuffled around in the pack, like you could have those moments like you saw with Alonso and Hamilton at Hungary. I want to throw out there, Tommy, that maybe you jinxed the race because <laughs> firstly, you predicted a chaotic race, Gasly winning. It was all part um, of the Max Verstappen win plan. Yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> So, uh, unfortunately, people don't understand when we, when we submit the predictions, you always predict things that you don't think is going to happen, which kind of ruins the point of predictions, to be honest. No, it's not that I don't think it's going to happen. I know <laughs> I did genuinely think that you got close with the Vettel could, prediction of I Hungary. Could, yeah, exactly. I could see it being another race. Well, that's like the problem. That. You told everybody it was going to be carnage, and it was a zero safety car race. Yeah. No red flag. Thought. I think they said it was like the Again. first time we hadn't had a red flag in like three races or something. So, yeah, wow. Well done, Tommy. Yeah, to, be, to be fair, a clean. We needed we needed a calm, composed, normal race yeah. just to kind of calm us down a little bit. We can't expect it every single race. The expectations are through the roof. Zandvoort was very much a oh yeah, F one hasn't F1. really changed. <laughs> they can <laughs> drive full race distance as yeah. well. We got to see cars on a track, and the championship is looking mega as well. It's... Now, so. By C. Right, let's move on to my three word race review. Bottas is innocent. Sounds he like he committed a murder. Committed a crime. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, obviously, there's that whole debacle around the fastest lap and, and all that good stuff. But, um, you know, people claiming that maybe he's doing it out of spite because he, you know, hasn't got this Mercedes contract, which by, you know, if you've been living under a rock, it seems as though it's very much 99% George Russell that's going to Mercedes next year, which is crazy to think. And it's become the worst kept secret in the paddock. Uh, but of course, you know, with Bottas then taking the fastest lap, even though he went purple sector one, purple sector two, and then eased off, he still took the fastest lap because of just the pure pace difference on completely fresh tyres and being able to to, to smash, uh, smash a lap time out. And uh, yeah, and then there were, he came out and said, didn't he, that he was just playing about, which was very strange phrase to to kind of say or something along those lines um so yeah i i don't think bottas would have done it out of spite i mean he moved out of the way very quickly for hamilton uh when he was in on the charge against verstappen which he didn't have to do especially if he's just lost his mercedes contract he didn't have to do it but of course i guess on the flip side bottas still wants to show that he's a team player and he wants to stay in formula one so he's not going to start sort of throwing what's the I've just seen some break, breaking news. What? No. Alfa Romeo announced Valtteri Bottas to join the team in 2022 on a multi-year deal. No. Has that yeah. literally just happened now? Are you That's serious? on. I've just gone on to F1.com. Happened 12 minutes ago. I've just gone on to F1.com to see the get the results up, and it's come up on the front page. What? When did it get released? Oh, there you go. Ago. Yeah, it's just popped up on my phone. Valtteri Bottas to well, Alfa Romeo. Well, there's breaking news. Wow. Live on the podcast. Live on the, Live podcast. on the podcast. Okay, we return to the WCF1 podcast after literally starting to talk about Bottas and me saying that he's innocent, lovely man, etc., etc., to find out he's going to Alfa Romeo, which is very, uh, very big news. So we've sorted that. Let's continue with the questions. And this one is from I underscore love underscore Canada 2. Does Valtteri going for the fastest lap, even though Mercedes asked him not to go for it, basically confirm that he won't be driving for them next year? Yes. <laughs> I think it might. Yeah. I think it, I think it might. But as I just tweeted, actually, 
I think that it's fair play from him because he clearly knew going into that race that he was not going to be racing for Mercedes. I think next he's year. known for a very long yeah. time. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Oh no! I mean, George said that he didn't know where he was racing for. You that's know. rubbish. That's, that's rubbish. I think. Rubbish. I think the last. I think now you look back at the the thing. Uh, one thing that's actually quite interesting when we were in the paddock um, ooh, was ooh, we got to ooh, hear ooh, some. We got to hear for some, all forty-five minutes. For yeah. all forty-five minutes, we got to uh, hear some of you know the paddock. Goss and chat and stuff. Oh yeah, the street waffles. Yeah, the street oh, waffles okay. as well. No, but um, one of the the things was that um, basically Netflix were with George Russell this weekend, and they went into the Mercedes garage and staged like a contract signing thing. Um, to say so that's going to be quite funny when they do that on Netflix. That's definitely not fake at all. That no, they've gone real. With. Mm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I love how Bottas as well. He posted an Insta story, didn't he, with a piece of paper and a pen. So that, not that yeah. long ago. And then I guess that would like, be his alpha. And he got like a new through. Mercedes car as well, didn't he? Yeah, that's his, his uh, leaving yeah. present. Yeah, thanks for thanks for everything. Okay, uh, so that's the question very much answered. Don't need to really go into more about that. Uh, Pitstop Strat asks, do you think that there was any way that Mercedes could have won this race strategy-wise? I think so. I think. One, Bottas not letting Verstappen through as quickly as he did. I know he was on very old soft tyres, but on the literal first occasion that Max was close enough, he went deep into turn 13, 12, 13, and that allowed Max to literally be on his tail before it even got onto the straight. So I feel like maybe Bottas uh, not making that mistake would have at least allowed him to defend into that next lap. Um, but also, yeah, the, the way they filtered Lewis out into that traffic, obviously, and I, and I said it in Internet Special Reactions as well, they may have just rolled the dice a little bit there and thought, you know, if we get a really quick pit stop and maybe the back markers have quite a slow lap, then uh, he can filter out just ahead and then it will be, you know, a master stroke and maybe he'll be uh, with with uh, with Max. But it didn't happen. They look like, you know, plonkers for putting him out in in traffic. And yeah, they could have done it better, but they were, they were trying to win and I'm sure they didn't mean to put him out in traffic. Yeah, it's one of those things where it was that situation and I felt like we were going to have another Barcelona where, you know, Perez is out of the mix. Bottas is there as the rear gunner for Hamilton. They can do whatever they like with the two cars, split the strategy, play into Lewis's hands. Um, And I thought, you know, Max is in trouble here, big time, Um, having two Mercedes in the mix and he doesn't have his rear gunner. But instead, yeah, they bottled the strategy a little bit i mean it's a gamble that ultimately didn't pay off wasn't it uh and like you say they looked a bit a bit silly but you know they had to go for it and if they'd have pulled it off they'd look like geniuses uh but they didn't and they look like mugs but that's formula one isn't it with strategy like what is it gunter says look like rock stars or something a bit rude double use yeah yeah yes <laughs> can't remember what that word is yeah yeah no I think I mean don't get me wrong Max's like launch of the start was brilliant like he was leading by 1.7 seconds at the end of lap one like he was sort of racing off into the distance but had Mercedes played it better and kept their cool and stuff like that then yeah like you said I think there was potential for for them to win this race I mean Max has looked strong here all weekend but Never say never, you know, it can change. Um, we've seen it happen in other races, how quickly things can turn around. Um, and yeah, although Bottas was needed to hold, hold people back and he didn't really <laughs> do that, he sort of 
had a, a few corners and was like, oh, oh no, I've gone, I've gone wide. I'm going to let Max through. Sorry, guys. Um, it, it could well have been that maybe his, his tires were literally shot um, and he didn't have a chance to, or like you say, maybe he knew this announcement was coming today and thought, mm, well, I'm sick of being a nice guy, but I think it is probably just a case of his tires were gone. I don't think I'd be very surprised if now, now the Alpha deal is announced and everything like that. Bottas is going to rock up and be like, you know, I hate you, Mercedes, because he speaks just like that as well. Um, does and he? All this okay. kind of, he does, yeah. He sounds just like that when he's uh, not on That's a, a good finish. Actually, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I I did enjoy the uh, Bottas. Please abort fastest lap. Literally five seconds later, Bottas fastest lap. I thought that was quite amusing. Um, <laughs> but whether that was done in a, like a malicious sense, I don't think so. Um, and, you know, it's fortunate that Lewis was able to take the point back um, in the sense of his, you know, defence for the championship, uh, because it could well have been that we had, you know, a yellow flag or something like that disrupt the, the final few laps and he wouldn't have been able to get that point. But um, I think even more crazy is if you'd have had a Silverstone... 2020 yeah. situation where you know Max got a puncture mm. and you think and you know he's cruising across the line uh and he's got a 28 second lead you'd have been like and you know say Hamilton's catching him but finishes behind you'd have been in the situation where you're going well Hamilton would have won that race if Bottas hadn't done fastest lap so it's it's fine margins really isn't it but the uh, thing ultimately is- it's nothing but it could have been Apparently Lewis was always going to pit though. That's yeah, that's but he would he wouldn't have done, would he? If, if no, no, but I think he would have. That he didn't know that Bottas pitted and gone for fastest lap. He was doing it to cover off anybody that decides to pit behind. Yeah, because I guess the difference, like Gasly or whoever. Could yeah, have done exactly, it, yeah, exactly, exactly. Because tires. I think there was at least a, a two second improvement from what I think Hamilton did like an eleven zero on that final lap, maybe even quicker. I can't remember exactly. And I think Bottas had done a twelve seven, and that was still fastest lap. So mm. clearly there was a big gap that any team could have jumped into and he was like i need that point it's the orange smoke it's the cars quicker <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh anyway uh moving on to katie's three word race review mine was lots of struggles because although we saw lots of people having good days there were quite a lot of drivers that were not happy bunnies at the end of that race um especially carlos Sainz, who was just i've not really seen him in such a a mood really I mean obviously he lost the position to Alonso in the final few laps and stuff like that and compared to other races this year like in France those Ferraris completely dropped back they had such bad issues with their tire wear um and so for Carlos to finish I think it was maybe P7 in the end this is what I came on to check and then Bottas goes and announces his deal um I thought he might be quite happy to get some points in the bag but he really was not not vibing with the Zambot pace that the cars were having. Um, same with the McLarens. Like we saw them struggle, obviously, in Quali. Ricardo just about scraped through into to Q3. Lando Norris out in Q2, which is the first time he's been, not made it into Q3 this year. Um, and just generally, like there seemed to be several teams that you'd think would be able to fight. I mean, Pierre Gasly, can we just take a moment to say what an amazing performance he had? Um, and he seemed to just get the best out of his Alpha Towery. But other teams that I thought might be up there, they're kind of just like, just ended up 
following the leader and just driving around and having a lovely leisurely Sunday drive. I say leisurely Sunday drive, like Sandport is a difficult track to drive around. Um, and it is incredibly challenging on the body and stuff like that. But yeah, I, I just, loads of the drivers after the race, when I was looking at like headlines and stuff, there weren't many people that seemed to be like, yeah, I can take lots of positives from this. Um, and then we've got to talk about the Haas drivers because although that's something else that didn't get picked up on telly, I don't think. I mean, honestly, TV direction no, is the moment. Uh, I do remember seeing that on uh, at okay. least a replay. At least a replay. Yeah. Uh, of course, they yeah, wouldn't have shown that live because they're the Haas. Uh, yeah. But yeah, yeah, I remember seeing it I was it too going, busy with oh, my geez. head and, on my phone during the race doing tweets <laughs> and stuff. But um, yeah, like they had just really not besties not that they were besties at the start but like really not at the moment I think they've said that they've got rules in place where one weekend like Mazepin might be number one in the garage and then the next weekend it's Schumacher's turn but um these drivers they're they're more fighting for pride now than anything and so if Schumacher is quicker Mazepin isn't happy and he like will not let Mick buy and vice versa um and I think Mick Schumacher finally broke yesterday when speaking to Natalie Pinkham because he was basically saying like Mazepin's just got this thing in his head where he has to be ahead of me at all times and it doesn't really make any sense (laughs) um and yeah we'll see how that relationship plays out for the rest of the season because I think both drivers have multi-year Haas contracts but we'll wait and see how long it is before um the Mick Schumacher gets promoted to Alfa Romeo because I feel like that's more of a when than an if kind of scenario so but yeah that was my my three-word race review <laughs> <laughs> lots of struggles and then that <laughs> <laughs> yeah it wasn't a rant though so that's fine it was still it Katie's corner it was, but it wasn't it's a rant, than a rant. <laughs> <laughs> um yes I'm just trying to remember all the things you said Gasly yes fourth place he, he was unbelievable you know just dominated that position and and was you know home clear and dry as for signs yeah obviously you know it's difficult to really kind of tell the lap times and whatnot but generally just looking and seeing Leclerc go past and then waiting an absolute age for signs to then come past I think it was probably more the fact that he wasn't with Leclerc in terms of pace and of course you know your your teammate is your your biggest uh, comparison it's the the most you know you've got the same machinery most of the time and uh, to, to be beaten, I think, comprehensively by your teammate on pace, that's probably what hurts him more than, you know, getting seventh. I mean, I'm sure, you know, in France, both cars were really, really struggling. So I can see why maybe in his head he's like, well, it wasn't my fault. It was the car. Whereas if Leclerc's doing well, he probably struggles quite a bit. So I can understand that. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. I think Zanvo's probably quite an, an irritating track, especially on lap one, you know, where everyone's jostling for position. There's all kinds of carbon fibre going everywhere. And yeah, it, I, I don't think it, as much as it's seen as a roller coaster, I don't think it's particularly flowing. It feels like a, quite an awkward track to drive as much as it's, you know, really exciting to watch. You know, there's quite a lot of awkward sort of, you know, low speed, medium speed corners. and Second sector, especially. Like yeah. The, the first sector. Definitely and the racing is. line doesn't seem to be that obvious either. Like it's like waiting on the apex for, for so long and then, and then getting on the path. Yeah, I don't know. I, Obviously, I'm speaking from someone who's done sim racing rounds and fought, but that's that's about it. That's my experience. But uh, that's kind of how I understood it. Yeah, another person, I guess, to mention the struggles was Giovinazzi, who had an amazing qualifying. And we, we were saying, you know, finally, is this his moment to prove 
Um, but where did he actually finish in the end? Out he, had poison, a, he? he had a nightmare, yeah. didn't he? He had crashed into the back of Alpine, didn't he? Didn't he crash into the back of the Alpine and lost some of his front wing? Yeah, in in the chaos of turn one, um, or at least bumped into. Katie, don't look mystified. I'm 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 relying on you. (laughs) I'm (laughs) trying to think. There's so much that happened on that first lap, but I think it was crazy. It was crazy in that first sector. It was the fast right-hander. I think was it Alonso that went into the back of Giovinazzi because Giovinazzi broke too soon? But I could be wrong. I should know this, but you carry on talking. I'm just gonna. Just going to have a little Google. I'm just trying to figure out where Giovinazzi finished. But yeah, I know. I think he probably could have finished in the points had they not had a puncher. Um, and then it just seemed not to go their way, which annoyingly happens quite a bit when things seem to be looking right. Like in Imola this year with Kimi and he looks set for points. And then it's just like little things that the team have maybe messed up or Kimi's not done right. And um, in the end, he got his penalties and got pushed out the points. So it's uh, frustrating, but hey, Giovinazzi starting P7. Well done, mate. <laughs> you did something well noteworthy. <laughs> well done. It went all down the toilet by the end of lap one. Yeah, it wasn't uh, wasn't Bless. ideal. Bless um, I'm just seeing now what happens to Giovinazzi. Here we go then. Yeah, he crashes into the back of an Alpine. I knew it. So he gets squeezed by, I believe that's signs. Uh, and then and the Alonso Alpine comes, comes through, Alonso. Alonso ooh, gets a bit of a swapper, a and then Antonio just drives into the back of him and loses some uh, carbon fibre. And my God, it was so close between Alonso and Ocon as well, wasn't it? Mm. Yeah. Uh, going into turn three at lap one, that could have ended in tears. But then Alonso was like, I'm on the high line. And I think it was Jensen Button made a good point that, you know, everyone had been taking the high line in you know normal laps. But as soon as lap one happened, everyone was like, low line, I'm going to go on the low line. And yeah, Alonso was like, I'm going to go around the normal way and got a lovely sweeping move. I love how the next highlight is pretty much lap 21 uh, after that one. So, <laughs> And that's a pit stop. So, yeah. But then again, okay. the highlights may be missing all the overtakes that we didn't see on the broadcast either. But there you go. Uh, next question. RBR533. Opinions on the McLaren strategy. It seemed very messy and clearly prioritised Norris over Danny Rick. Made a weird noise in my mouth then. Um, obviously, from what I've seen, it was the fact that uh, Danny Rick held up the pack and essentially allowed Norris to slot in to a, to the gap. The fact that, you know, it's Zandvoort, it's very difficult to overtake. And yeah, it's, it's interesting. I guess Danny Rick, made, he did lose a couple of positions at the start. And obviously that made his race a little bit worse. And the fact that he was probably that far down and not being able to make progress, McLaren then made the decision, right, why don't we get both cars in the points here? Uh, especially with the fact that they had to use, they had to damage, limitate. Is that a word? Yeah. Damage so. limits. I feel like Lando Norris <laughs> in the interview. Uh, oh, yeah, went down. Um, and yeah, it makes sense because why not? If if Danny Rick's not being able to get forward, he may as well try and get both cars in the points. When uh, you know Ferrari ended up finishing fifth and seventh, and and you know got a, a decent haul of points. So it's a shame because obviously Norris had a, a dreadful qualifying, which put him out of position. And Danny Rick, you know, was kind of struggling a little bit in terms of you know being able to move forward so who knows I still feel like Danny hasn't got the absolute control of that car at the moment with Danny Rick it thought like this could be the turning point where you know Lando's had an absolute shocker in qualifying and then Danny Rick's had a decent decent quality and not not a worldie but you know he's he's got into Q3 and done all right um so it must be yeah disappointing for him that you know he essentially ended up with the bad strategy and his whole race was just holding everyone up for for Lando, which 
I, it screams number one Lando as well. It screams bit, number one Lando. It? And, you know, if you, we've said this so many times, but I really thought this would be the other way around. You know, Dan, Danny, Danny Ricardo's coming in to be team leader in that team. And if you'd have said 13 races in, Lando's P3 and those dropped out, P4 in the championship, and Danny Rick's struggling. And essentially, his whole strategy is just to help Lando. He'd be like, what is happening at McLaren? I don't think anyone would have predicted that at the start of the year. Um, no. Yeah, not great. It is a shame. I mean, as much as Formula One is an individual sport in that each driver wants to do the best that they can and be number one, um, it is also a team sport. So I can I can see why McLaren, if they thought maybe points was going to be a challenge that they would prioritize Norris because like you say he was P3 in championship now moved to P4 um, and those points of item and stuff but yeah for Ricardo he had a pretty shaky start I mean I don't know if you've seen the clip but um yes when they're getting ready to yeah yeah, yeah. the waving and like that must be terrifying as a driver to think I know he was just waving to us in the grandstand there was nothing (laughs) oh he was like oh guys yeah he spotted us yeah he did (laughs) he spotted us in the red t-shirt in all the orange (laughs) yeah and your max cape he was like yes they're for me (laughs) (laughs) um but in the end he had to um do a left hand launch uh which is slightly different and probably throws you off and as a result uh like russell got past him at the start but he did end up making up a position on that one so something good and then his russell car started smoking in literally going down the uh start finish straight oh i was gonna say i was like i didn't think russell was, <laughs> was, was, was literally russell, it, i think russell yeah. just got a good launch and ricardo was oh, a little I, bit i was gonna like, say because i didn't think thinking, russell was that yeah, he must have no. lost positions over the next few laps after that. Yeah, but, but I mean, yeah, his, yeah. Ricardo's lap one, considering Portland. that he had all that faff at the beginning, was a pretty good lap one. Um, I will give him that. But yeah, it, it just didn't seem in too much of a good place after the race. I mean, also in the first few, we had Russell on radio saying that Ricardo was spitting out um, smoke and oil leaks and stuff like that, which didn't turn out to be a big issue, which is a good thing. Um but yeah, still his his team radio after the race, I had a listen. Not 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 the best uh, positive vibe, shall we say? Um, he was leaving like twenty second pauses of absolute silence between him and his uh, ra- race engineer Tom Stallard, um, and giving pretty much one word answers. So he was upset <laughs> um, with the team. Which I mean, if you'll expect if you think you could have got points and you've been put to one side but that is that's formula one and if they can prioritize one driver over another then did they swap the two either or did lando end up lando finished up ahead because we thought at one point like he he looked like he was slowing down though to let him back through but that didn't happen maybe lando's i don't know i actually don't know but lando was one of the last to pit to be fair like he did a good job managing his tires but um yeah, I was just wondering, just purely because Danny Rick was behind him, wasn't he? He was ninth and tenth, was it in the end? So, you know, would they, would they have swapped it back because Danny Rick let him through? You know, uh, it's, it's, it's an interesting uh, point. But, yeah, it's uh, sad times for Danny Rick. I don't want him to lose that shine, you know, that that lovely Danny Rick jokey self. He was joking around with the paddock, to be fair, wasn't he? He, he got a max cape before <laughs> the, the start of the race, which was amazing. Um, but uh, yeah, I wanted to continue to be that sort of bright star in terms of at least comedy uh, in the F1 paddock. Right, Tommy, press the button. 
Did we break? We brought the button. We brought the button. Yeah, yeah. it probably won't play a jingle, so you'll just be here. No, it's time for A B C D E F one. Thanks, Kermit. (laughs) Kermit. Okay. Um, (laughs) Remember, you can vote too on A B C D E F one. Visit WTF1.com after the race, and you can vote too. Let's start with Lewis Hamilton. A. 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 And an A from the fans as well. Lovely. We're off to a great start. Valtteri Bottas. B. Low B. Yeah, it's a low B because... uh, Yeah, he's a lot more on, on the pace, but still a way off. But it's a B all the same, I think. Yeah, I think he's, C's he's a bit too he's, harsh. Yeah, he scrapes mm. a B because he was he was in there. He's still finished on the podium. Yeah, exactly. Um, and he, although it didn't ultimately pay off, and he maybe lost a, a little bit more than he should have, he was still there to at least give Hamilton the chance to try something a bit yeah. different to beat Max. So, yeah, ba ba ba. Yeah. B for Bottas, Katie. B for Bottas. Lovely, and a B from the fans. Max Verstappen, a star. Easy. Easy. And an A yeah. star from the fans. We're all in agreement so far. Sergio Perez. Until now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, 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 would, I, I would go with a B. I would. Oh. What would you go for? I'd go for a low C. Where did he finish? Eighth. Yeah. I mean, he, he made his... He, he's finishing eighth in a car that won the race and lapped the entire field, apart from the Mercedes. And I know it's incredible to watch him fly through the field, but he was there for a reason. I know they missed the the oh. kind of lap, but you know, he still put himself in that position. So it's a C for me. The sassometer is off the chart. <laughs> ding ding ding. I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I, it's it's difficult, isn't it? Right, Katie, what, what are you going for? I am going to go uh with Tommy, uh with the C for Perez. I think he shouldn't have won driver of the day. I think him Agreed. overtaking those cars, uh, he's in a faster car and we've seen him before that he is uh, pretty good at starting from the back and overtaking and getting into good position, but he shouldn't have been there in the first place. He shouldn't have been knocked out in Q1. I know he had um, penalties and stuff like that for having to change uh, elements to his car, but it shouldn't be that Red Bull is getting knocked out in Q1. That is the bare minimum to get through to at least Q2 should be in Q3. It should be starting front row of the grid with Max Verstappen because the car is quick enough. And although I'm very grateful for Checo for his um, ability to overtake cars and make for some entertainment, it's not good. Not good at yeah, all. I thought we were going to get another race. He also, Sorry. yeah, he also compromised himself at the start um, that yeah. with that, yeah. with that lockup and had to do the other pit stop, which was quite crucial because, the, the pace he had, you know, maybe he could have been fifth, sixth or something, um, which Definitely, when yeah. when the, the title is as close as it is, he needs a, every point he can get really, doesn't he? So my understanding with, with the B is that Mazepin's defending was a bit late and that's what actually caused the Perez lockup. So I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt on that lockup. And also, I guess in qualifying, he missed the line by like two seconds in Q1. Yes, his first lap should be better. Don't get me wrong, 100%. Um, but I guess it's also down to the team in order to, you know, the placement of the car. And I know he, he got some traffic, didn't he, on his, on his outlap. But that's the stuff that the team should be, you know, 
pretty much on him from the get-go, you know, yeah, and, yeah. and having a more of a buffer so that in Q1, you don't run out of time. Like there's more than enough time in Q1 to get a few laps in. So he desperately needs a solid race. I know Hungary yeah. wasn't his fault, but that's three in a row now. Like, so uh, was it Hungary? Yeah, he got punted. And then, so no points. Um, Spa crashed Spa on, the, crash the, on yeah. the way to the grid. So no points. And then this, which was, you know, he had a, he, he's clearly got amazing pace because he showed it with his overtake. So he just needs to be at the yeah. front and qualify. Where did he finish in Silverstone? Because obviously he spun out during the spring he, yeah, race. Of course, yes, that's so he might not yep. have even. Unfortunate. Yeah. Yeah, he yeah. Did, yeah, because he he had he was pitted, wasn't he, uh, to go and take fastest lap away from Hamilton. Yeah, um, so he finished eleventh. So he I didn't think. get any points there either. And it's 11th. so crucial. Like the constructors' championship mm-hmm. is close, and if Perez is scoring, 16th. 16th yeah, exactly. Silverstone. Wow, it's crazy. Yeah. Uh, and that was just purely to to take away a point so that they could go for the drivers. It's you know, so I do understand that his role in the team is very much number two, but he needs to also be there in that fight. Um, I think B just purely because some of the overtakes he did was were awesome, and you know they were absolutely on the limit, millimeter perfect. Of course, the Norris one spilled over a little bit. But that was more Lando pushing him, in my opinion, than than Perez doing anything wrong. I think Norris just understeered, and then that collision happened. And I know a lot, a lot of Perez fans were not happy with Lando, as you'd imagine, because they came together quite a bit. But yeah, there you go. Uh, and the fans gave Perez a B. Uh, Lando Norris, very. Difficult weekend, to be honest. And without Danny Rick being a scapegoat, uh, he probably would have been finished. Out, he would have finished out the points. So I think it's a C. Yeah, yeah. so low, low C for me, which mm. is which is Rafalande. Just that's the problem. That's our expectations as well, isn't it? Yeah, that, that's, that's that, what yeah. I mean. The expectation is there with Lando, and it just was really poor in qualifying, which was a big surprise. And I agree with you. I think the Perez move was mainly his fault, and he needs to be careful. Um, squeezing him like that because you know another couple of penalty points and he's on 10 and he's two away from a race bound was it a race was it deemed as a racing incident that that uh perez yeah, Norris? yeah. Interesting. Um, i think the stewards is... noted it but not no yeah further action. yeah but i mean you could say he's fairly fortunate not to uh pick up something or or, or even even if it's not clear cut you know have to be a, maybe a bit more cautious when you're on eight penalty points because yes. <laughs> yeah you can't be like squeezing someone because if you watch exactly the same move um obviously you don't want to see drivers completely give up but you know Daniel Ricardo is given space around the outside there he knows that Prez is so much quicker and he is trying to fight it but I'm not a fan of like you know, like squeezing someone out where they they're going. You're not giving them any track to be alongside them. Yeah. So yeah, he needs to uh, not do that and because he's got a lot of penalty points. He does. Uh, Katie, what's your grade? Uh, for Norris, yeah, another C. It was a fairly uh, average weekend, wasn't it? Or maybe even a little bit yeah, below, below average. Yeah, definitely. I think we've below. Been, we've come to expect quite a lot yeah. from Lando. Lando's um, Lando's average is very high. Isn't it? <laughs> this is this is yeah. true, yeah. So um a bit of a a boring weekend for both McLarens, not really having any moments of um like any standout moments really. The kind of just despite the fact they were in orange, they sort of faded into the background and other people took the took the headlines so yeah disappointing really for both mclarens 
Definitely. I think Danny Rick probably also deserves a C just purely because of yeah. what happened. Yeah. It would have been a B had he finished like seventh, you know, and it would have been a decent performance. But unfortunately, you know, he was he was used by McLaren, but also lost those positions, you know, maybe through no fault of his own because of the start procedure, but still can't really give him a B, just the pace maybe wasn't there to 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 move forward. So happy with that? Definitely a C, yeah. Yeah, same. Okay, doke. And the fans gave him a C. Uh Charles Leclerc. Decent performance Decent. with the Ferrari. He completely trounced science, uh, in my opinion. I don't actually know what the finishing uh, gap was between uh, Leclerc and, and Sainz, but I think it was a, a significant margin between the two. And of course, Sainz got overtaken by Alonso as well. So I feel like that Ferrari didn't really have much more pace in it, to be honest. So oh, it's a high B, but I can't, I don't think I can give an A for that. Yeah, I'm the same, a B. Um, it's not his greatest driver in the world but it's like a good solid solid drive from him that's you know like impressive that he's picked up a lot of points especially when McLaren did so badly yeah, I think literally echoing both what you said I think it's a solid drive um and you know nothing phenomenal but p5 is a good haul of points and I'm sure he'll take it <laughs> So I was just trying to look up what the actual and gap Max was. Lapped and everyone. Yeah, uh, Max <laughs> lapped everyone up to Gasly. So uh, mm. don't know what the actual gap was. So that's great. Uh, so yeah, B for Leclerc. I'm going to give signs. Oh. oh, it's difficult. I don't feel like he deserves the same grade as Leclerc. But but Leclerc is a high B and signs yeah. is a low. B. Yeah, except that's exactly my <laughs> yeah, problem. We don't do highs and lows yeah. on this podcast, boys. <laughs> it's going to have to be a B, but yeah. I don't feel like that's fair, but it is. It's the grading. Yeah. Yeah, he's scraping a yeah. B for me. Yeah. He's, he's literally on the pass yeah. mark of a B. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think it's fair to grade science the same as Norris and Ricardo. Yeah, um, that's my thinking agreed. as well. Agreed, yeah. yeah. So middle ground. <laughs> so the fans <laughs> gave both Leclerc and Science a B. Uh, Sebastian Vettel had a little spin, didn't he? Mm. The the memes came out again about Spinyala. Mm-hmm. Um, Aston Martin just been nowhere this uh, this weekend, have they? Really so anonymous, just rubbish. Where did Vettel finish in the end? Thirteenth, started fifteenth. It's just rubbish, isn't it? It's just yeah. it's a D. Yeah, it is. Yeah, D, easy D. Yeah. And <laughs> and the fans gave <laughs> Vettel a D as well. Uh, Lance Stroll. Um, he had a quite twelfth finish. Twelfth. He had quite a funny. Uh, team radio exchange with brad around the pit confirm okay button and an argument as to whether or not the pit confirm actually meant the okay button and brad was like you're pressing the pit confirm button and he's like i basically it is was, yeah, the pit confirm button yeah. brad brad, <laughs> brad. Yeah, so quite interesting uh, does stroll deserve a better grade than vettel probably i'm going to give him a c yeah c as well c okay uh that's seeds from the fan as well uh, fan? The fan. Just the one, just fan. one fan. The fans gave the Stroll a C as well. I'm very tired. I'm sorry. Uh, okay. Pierre Gasly, A-star. A-star. Yeah. Oh, Tommy. Yeah. Just because he trounced your boy Sonoda, you feel No, you feel bad. no, no. Um, again, I kind of want to see that. Was he miles ahead of Leclerc? Yes. Okay, fair. A-star. <laughs> so dominated people. Yeah, yeah. So he, was, he deserves it. Uh, we haven't seen that many Gasly performances like that this season, have we? That's what we kind of got accustomed to last year. But this yeah, year, yeah. he's been obviously a consistent point scorer. Especially in qualifying. That was like a, qualifying's been great. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. But sometimes drops back a bit. Exactly. Yeah. Um, 
that's what I think yeah, anyway. Baku, but yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I there's not been as many as maybe we, we've come to expect, you know, winning at Monza, etc. But we go back to Monza, who knows? Uh, Yuki Sonoda, that's a, it's a D, it's, just, it's an easy D. E- what? Um, <laughs> you two looking at each other, yeah, a D for Sonoda, I think that's uh, pretty shocking. Yeah. And the fans gave him a D as well. Alonso finished P6, very good performance. Very lucky not to have wiped out his teammate at the start, but yeah. we move. He, he, yeah, he survived. A so good seeing. I can't wait to see what Alonso can do next year when the hopefully the grid is closer. Yeah, because um, he's playing looking like he's on it again, and it's very exciting. So we go with go with an A. a. Yeah. A's okay, all and the fans gave him an A. Uh, Esteban Ocon wasn't too far behind Alonso. I felt like they were together for quite a lot of the race, but then. Ocon ended up finishing quite a few positions back. Was it P9? Where did he finish? Uh, Ocon was, finished. Yeah, I was looking. Ninth, yeah, good. Um, so I, was, I was looking at you for the result and you were like... <laughs> um, <laughs> thank you, Tommy, for your input. Uh, I think it's a, a B for Ocon. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. It's another, another driver just seemed to disappear off into the distance. But then we did touch upon that with TV direction, just focusing on the top three the whole time. But... Yeah. But these stories were not told throughout the rest of the grid. They were not. They were not. Uh, the fans gave Ocon a B. Robert Kubica, I'm giving him an A uh, for the fact that <laughs> he's just rocked up, absolutely no practice, no anything, and he actually we beat the Williams, didn't he? And the the Haas as well. Fifteen. Yeah, yeah, I think it's a great, it's what an unbelievable performance from, from Robert. Yeah, so, yeah exactly. If you think of like you know, how much he got roasted at Williams and you know he's still driving obviously with that horrendous injury plus the fact that you know he's come into the car and we've seen how difficult it is when you don't get any free practice and just jumping into that car I mean it's the first F1 car he's driven I believe since he left Williams right or something um he and he also he's doing, yeah like in the race he does the F1 in the race yeah, yeah. yeah um so you know for him to jump in and be that good I genuinely expected him to be like racing the Hasses so when he was mm doing and he finished only a few yeah. seconds behind Giovinazzi as well which is yeah yeah an unbelievable was very, performance very really considering where Antonio started of course he had his own problems but um yeah unbelievable from Robert I think he said it was the first time in 11 years that he felt like he could actually race which That's is cool. which is such a, a nice thing That's such it. a nice yeah, way like even if obviously like Kimmy comes back that's um, such a nicer way for Kibitza yeah. to end it all yeah. longer than what happened at Williams Absolutely. so yeah it's very good so A's for Kubitza. Happy with that, Katie? Yeah, I'm going to yeah. vote with my heart rather than my head. I'm going to give them A. Oh, I'm voting <laughs> with my head and my heart. Oh, sorry. <laughs> um, uh, and the fans gave Kubitza a B, which is quite frankly disgusting. I made a whole new graphic for that and everything. I hope the fans appreciated that on the website. Because we I had to definitely... change it from the Kimmy one. You didn't oh, even know that. We had an influx <laughs> of messages that. Yes. Congratulations, yeah. Katie. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, next up, Giovinazzi. B. You say B like that. I mean, that's better than he's had before. He'll probably I know, take a B. but like yeah. considering where he started, he was in the pound seats for an A. Oh, oh and hurts. Where did he finish, Tommy? Yeah, so he got he finished fourteenth. He got damaged at the start. Um, he was quite unlucky. He's, he's unlucky because of Alonso well. the back end, wasn't it? So I think I'm going to give him a B. Tommy, any any yeah, any it's a high B. Yeah, high B. Yeah, high B. Mm. Yeah, I think he was extremely unlucky. To, yeah. It could have been his best result. I'd be a bit good. 
Casey? I think B as well. And the fans gave him a B. George Russell got a five-second speeding penalty. Also nearly binned it, didn't he, at one point? Um, can't remember exactly when, but uh, remember seeing that. I think it's a C. Did he... Oh, late gearbox trouble. Okay. I was wondering why he finished 17th. I don't think I sort he of... retired. Caught, like caught towards that. the end. Right, okay. Um, yeah, speeding pit lane penalty. Yeah, he scrapes a C, almost a D. Like ruining his race with a silly thing like a stop go penalty okay. is. Uh, wow, well, Tommy has spoken. Not good when, you're, yeah. when you're about to go to Mercedes, any second. <laughs> yeah, I think we've got such high expectations as well for Russell now, especially in these last few races. In his last qualifying, he managed to put it on the front row. So, um, yeah, I think a low C. I'd be tempted to go for a D for the incident that he did have in quality, where he obviously didn't damage the car that much, um, but did bring out the red flags. I know it's not George Russell's fault that the FIA were a bit premature with their red flags, but um, still just a bit clumsy, really, from him pretty much all this weekend. Maybe it's just he's getting too excited about this announcement that it's probably... I keep refreshing the F1 homepage to see if it's coming out. (laughs) I guess it's basically like, you know, that your last day of renting a car, you just, you know, absolutely rag it, you know, you're not ever going to see it ever again. So just, just send it. Uh, so yeah, but uh, I think George does deserve at least a C, if not a D, but I'm going to go with the C and the fans gave him a C as well. Nicholas Latifi, not sure what happened with him, but let's go with a C. Yeah. Yeah. Happy with that? Kitty? <laughs> uh, yeah, C. Yep, maybe. Yeah, just. what did I just give Russell? Did I give him a C or a D? <laughs> you gave him a C, I think. C, okay. Um, yeah, I mean, Latifi also binned it in qualifying, so if we're going with that logic, I should probably give him a similar grade, but um, I'll go with a low C. But I love how we've literally gone with high and lows throughout this entire yeah. ABC <sighs> one. I love it. I can't, um, I can't deal with it. <laughs> moving on, Nikita Mazepin. What e. did he... he um... It's a, it's a very solid E, if not F, to be honest, from what happened with Mick Schumacher and, and whatnot. Um, you know, it's half a second off his teammate in qualifying. Yeah. Made yeah, him crash true. into, well, caused the, the, the late move, which uh, caused his teammate to, to lose a front wing or had to get it replaced. I think he was quite dangerous driving with a few other drivers as well uh, yeah. out on track. So it might even be an F, to be honest. I'm going to give an F. I'm going to give it E. I'll go for a knee as well. There's quite a funny clip okay. of Perez passing Mazepin. Says something on the radio about him and his driving style, which I shall not repeat. <laughs> oh, okay, fair. Uh, the fans gave him an F. Shock. Um, and finally, Mick Schumacher couldn't really tell. Average C, so like C. Latifi. <laughs> yeah, just give him a C. Couldn't yeah. really tell as, as he was out of the contention very early because of Mazepin. So happy with that, Casey? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, fine. lovely. And the fans gave him a C. Let's move on to our predictions. So I went with Dutch fans cause interruption to a session due to flares. That did not happen, although nearly happened, I think. Half a point. Um <laughs> I'm joking. And Perez podium. Well, that went well, didn't it? That, that was ambitious. Well. Yeah, I think Q1. Good. You know, tried to be, you know, a bit ambitious, a bit, you know, hopeful that and it was a rubbish weekend. Tommy. Mm. Hamilton of a Stappen controversy. Nope. Didn't happen. And the ultimate jinx of the weekend, Norris top three in qualifying. 
Wow. Worst quality he's ever had. Katie mm. basically just went with, you know, people will breathe. Go on. I said Verstappen pole. So one point. Yeah, well done. Well done. And then I said Perez <laughs> finishes. Yeah. yeah, Perez finishes outside top 10, which had he not have been <laughs> such an overtaking <laughs> demon, could have happened. So I'm taking half a point. <laughs> no, you're not. Well done for the one point, Katie. Um, the fans, James24 says, Williams said scoring race in a row. Nope. Blatantly, Lewis, no rain. For the love of God, no rain. That is correct. And Brown, 157A, signs on the podium. No, lots of jinxing going on in predictions for the Dutch Grand Prix. Predictions for the Italian Grand Prix. I have gone for Norris podium. And at least four DNFs. And a bonus prediction for me is people will breathe. Thank you. I'll take a point. (laughs) Stop. Those are my two. Tommy. I've gone for every car starts on the same tyres for the race because we've got the sprint race, which I've almost forgotten about now. And Alonso, top five in the race. You've become a big Alonso fanboy, haven't you now? I am. Okay, loving it. Katie? I have gone for a Lance Stroll top five finish in the race. And then I've gone for Leclerc. Big, big prediction this. Leclerc front row for the sprint quality slash race, whatever it's called. So basically in what I would call proper qualifying, so it will be on Friday, he'll be top two. So he'll start the Wait, sprint. No, 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 so no, you no, said you Saturday. No, you mean you Saturday. Saturday. You just said sprint quality. Is it quality or what's it, he? So he'll oh. be on the front row of the grid for sprint quality. Oh, so he'll qualify oh, on quality. So in actual hot so, territory, you think Ferrari are going to be on the front row? Well, I had my last one for Verstappen gets a pole and I got told off, so I thought I'd go crazy. I know, I love it. You've, you've taken the point, put it in the bag, and then for this one... And then just like, throwing it away again. Absolutely ridiculous. You, fair, never fair, fair place, you, Katie. you, you know, never know. You never know. can't win with me. I'm sorry. No, well done for those nice out-there predictions. And apparently there's another one at the bottom. I'm uh, adding these fan. in. These are for oh, fan ones. I forgot to do it because I'm a fan person. As we speak. So we're going to do so, this very slowly indeed. The first fan prediction. Comes from <laughs> at Levicious X. Verstappen won't qualify in the top three for the first time this season. Ooh. Okay. At MXRKen underscore. New winner this season. So not Max, Lewis, Checo or Esteban. That sounds weird to say, doesn't it? So and finally, from somebody who I'm waiting to see at EdXGB, Ricardo beats Norris. There you go. There Lovely stuff. Go. Katie, final thoughts? My final thoughts is I was going to say get ready for a crazy week of announcements, but they've already started. So I'm not very happy because I wish they would wait until after we've done the podcast. But I know, right? It's, it's all going to really. kick off. It's all going to kick off in the next week, isn't it? <sighs> it is. And you'll be I'm doing be... it all on the WTF1.com website. Check her out right there. Lovely. And Tommy. You're in person. I can see you panicked as I ask you final thoughts. Uh, I am tired. We've got, uh, well, I guess we've got an exciting video coming up. For people wondering why we're we're tired. um, And why we're also wearing the same shirts as we were um, yesterday (laughs) at the conference. You'll find out. Filming um, reasons, not because we are unhygienic. Well, it's a good excuse. I think it would go, well, yes, we are unhygienic. Yeah, it's like, oh, that's Yeah, it's been... Uh, we've we've had very little sleep, so um, and a lot of driving. 
in a particular vehicle, which is very <laughs> different to what we usually drive. That's all we're going to say. So, now. yeah. Um, we've we've put that. a teaser up on Instagram as well, haven't we? Of, uh, yeah. Of exactly what's in the box. Uh, so look forward to that. We are on very little sleep, so I apologise if this whole podcast from myself and Tommy's uh, side has been complete gobbledygook, but that's probably wasn't much better most... from my side. <laughs> oh, don't don't say that, Kate. You carried this with your you knowledge did. of what's actually gone on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much it. Thank you everybody for for watching and listening. Uh, remember hashtag WTF on podcast if you want to get involved in uh, asking questions and, and so on. Katie's just having a bit of a ball. Lovely. <laughs> uh, Tommy's falling asleep. And that is pretty much it. We'll see you very soon. Quality watch long, podcast, etc., etc. Internet special reactions for the Italian Grand Prix coming up. We actually are going to be back home. Normal content will resume for the Italian Grand Prix as much as we Seems might silly. be actually entering Italy. But anyway, that's for another another time. Bye. 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 Bye.